Hello, folks. Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. I am here with our illustrious co-host, John Amayo. Yes. And our fan- one of the adjectives you use. And illustrious. our fantastic, r- remarkable, svelte producer, <laughs> Dylan Carnival. And we are here today with one of my friends. Uh, he's from Browncroft. His name's Charlie. He works in the movie theater industry, but he also is a comedian. And I saw him perform at the Rochester Fil- or Fringe Fest, not Film Fest, but maybe we can get him in there too. And today we are dealing with the question, why do we need to laugh more than ever? John, what do you think? I don't like laughing, so I don't know why we're talking about this. Anyway, no, I enjoy laughing and I enjoy this <laughs> podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think this is like there is so much seriousness around that um, I think sometimes we just need a little diversion. And now some people take the diversion to the extreme. Okay, we can we can figure that. But like all you need to do, I was just talking with our illustrious producer, Dylan, before we, we were on the air here. And I was just talking about I, how I, I can't really go on Facebook much anymore because it's like one negative thing after another after another as you're scrolling down. And I'm like, I, I can't process all of that negative info inside of my mind. And so I have to make a little break. And for me, laughter is one of those places that I sometimes turn in, in you know, moments of craziness. You got to face the t- moments of craziness, but then at times you have to laugh as well. So I'm going to kind of start where we're finishing and okay. we'll, we'll finish this up. Yeah. I, I think Jesus is pro laughter. Wow. That's a very bold statement to start off the podcast. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How'd it's you a, like that setup? That it was, was great. Uh, it's uh, unique. Peter, <laughs> is unique here, so, uh, Peter is unique. Yes. <laughs> well, on that note, Charlie, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? How did you kind of get started in comedy and pursue it? Um, I'll start with, um, you know, how I became, a, I guess, a Christian is uh, I went to this camp, we were talking a little bit before, called Summer's Best Two Weeks, and then I started going to this youth group at Brighton Presbyterian Church back in the day, and uh, I met some new friends there, um, friend Chris and, and, and Max and, and Evan and Brian, there was another Brian, and at first, these guys were, these guys are and were hilarious, and I'm like, not even thinking about being a comedian, I didn't even think I was funny enough to be a Christian. Mm. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, timing's all off. I won't get invited to no potluck dinners. There's nothing. So so that's how I just uh, just hanging out with your friends as a kid, telling jokes, telling stories, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and and then then I grew up, and they all got kids, so I don't talk to them much more. Yeah. And then um, and then when I started talking to them again, they would have another kid, so there's another five years gone. Right. And uh, so so yeah. um, I... I I was working in the radio business, selling radio airtime, and uh, one of my other friends working at the station goes, Charlie, I'm doing this uh, comedy showcase, but we don't have enough comedians. Do you want to go on next week? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I always wanted to kind of try it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. So so I went on, and um, I did like five to ten minutes, and it went really well. And they're like, hey, come back tomorrow. Really? And so I came back tomorrow. But I didn't know. I I wrote a whole another five to ten minutes, oh. and uh, it didn't go so well. And one of the other comedians there goes, "Hey, kid, his name was Ralph Tata. He's, yeah. he's like been in the business. And kid, I was he's probably like three years older than me. He goes, "Hey, kid, uh, you don't have to do the same ten minutes. It's a different audience." Uh. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't even think about that. So, uh, you know, so I did it for, uh, you know, for a month or two, and then my wife won a. A screenwriting um, competition, oh, and she's yeah. like, "Do you want to go to Hollywood for six weeks? You know, you can drive me around." And uh, I'm like, "Sure, sounds good." I drove her around uh, to her different classes, and uh, and I remember being in one class. She invited. I can just stop in. Yeah. And she was at like a round table, and Bonnie Hunt was there, and a whole bunch of and. Uh, but during that time, during the day, I didn't have really much to do except by sit by the pool, and it was great, and and just hang out. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to a place called the Laugh Factory. Yeah. So I get on at the Laugh Factory. I just had to sit in sit in line like all day. Yeah. And uh, I finally uh, got selected um, to just do basically five minutes. And so I get up there and do a showcase. And the the, the odd thing is, before the showcase, the guy goes to the ten of us. 
all right, make it clean. Yeah. And nobody had clean material except for me. So I get up there. My material wasn't great, but I did really well because everybody else didn't have anything. Ah. And he goes, oh, you did good. We want you to come back next Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. And, uh, you know, there'll be people in the audience. You know, there'll be, you know, people from the industry, whatever that is. And I'm like, yeah, great. Because the, the Sunday after that, Monday, we're coming back to Rochester. So that Saturday, Bob Hope dies. Oh. The guy lives 100 years. Right. So they call off the show and they do a Bob Hope tribute. Mm. And uh, and then I came back to Rochester and I, and I didn't really start again until like 10 years after that. And I said, you know, I got to get out of the house. And uh, I started doing open mics and then I started doing comedy shows at different places. Wow. Wow. So what's the people's what's people's reaction when you tell them you're in comedy? Are they like generally like, hey, hey, make me laugh. Like, tell me the funny thing. Tell me something funny. Like what? what's your what's you, is there like a typical reaction from people? Well, it's uh, it's mixed. Like when, yeah. when when Peter found out, he was like, do you just like tell about your family and true stories? And he was more interested in that. And, right. And, and then I thought about my act and. Not really. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I, mine are more jokes. And then other people are like, tell me when you did really bad. Right. And uh, and because you, you do always remember, you know, the times when you it, it doesn't go so well. Totally. And um, I was at a uh, comedy club Funny Bone in, in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, there was one comedian, there was like five of us. And the comedian before me went up and uh, he was really dirty but he wasn't that great of a comedian yeah and i'm like oh i should be fine and i was on a roll every place i was going it was going really good and i was like oh i'll, I'll be good so he gets off and and i go up there i tell a joke tell another Crickets. joke and i'm like um do, do you guys like dirty material and they're like yeah and i'm like i don't have dirty material <laughs> and, and so i go uh do you like um, do you, do you like voices and um, what do you call it? impersonations? And they're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't do that either. <laughs> and it was like the last joke <laughs> that I got a laugh on. And um, a couple other really good comedians went on after me, and they didn't do so well. And another dirty comedian went on, and he did great. Uh. So a couple things about that. So I'm driving home with my wife from Syracuse, and. It's a long drive after you bomb from Syracuse to Rochester right. in a car. An hour and a half drive. Yeah. And yeah. then like 10 minutes in, my wife's like, it didn't go so well, did it? <laughs> no. And then 10 minutes later, what do you think happened? Yeah. And uh, and then you have to just think about it and yeah. think about it. But luckily, I had another set. They had two comedy clubs in Syracuse at the time, one called Wise Guys. So I was going back like two days later. And most of the same comedians were on. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing the same act. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And it went over great. And the two comedians that did great at the other place tanked it at that one. Wow. But usually, if you tank, it's your fault. Right. That was the one time where I'm like, oh, it really was the audience. They just don't get you. Hmm. And sometimes that happens. So what I find interesting about what you're saying right now um, I think when people think of Christianity and comedy, like it's it's what you're talking about. It's like the clean versus dirty. Are Christians even funny? And and so I, I guess how do you see that interplay? Because obviously you're gifted. I've I mean we're laughing right now. I won't tell the story that you told before we got on air. Maybe oh, I, we'll... I was going to already ask him to tell the story, so I just I, because I I thought that was a great story. But anyway, I'll let you continue with your question. My question's coming after that. But anyway, you go ahead, Peter. You ask him the deep, profound question. Go ahead. Um, That's good. But uh, but I, I guess I guess I'd be curious. How do you kind of see that? Because I can. There's like, it sounds like for me, there's like this common area for you that you're kind of towing the line to be funny and you want to be real. And there's people that are like, I'm going to go SNL, like church lady, like that's not funny. And then there's like people like that you encountered in Syracuse. We only like dirty jokes. Like, how do you kind of go into that continuum of 
trying to be funny, trying to be real, but also like you just said, you're like, I'm a clean comic. I, I am a clean comic. And I wouldn't say squeaky clean because <laughs> if if you, I'll try to be squeaky clean on the podcast. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is a safe place. It's, it's okay. It, we, we, Peter and I aren't, so it's fine. <laughs> So it, it's our 100,000 listeners, you know, uh. <laughs> I know. Are we live? Do you edit this? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, first of all, you, you try to be the best at your craft that you can be. I think it was C.S. Lewis who was like, you know, first of all, as a writer, you want to be known as a really, really good writer, paraphrasing. And uh, and, and that's what I want to be. You know, I, I want to be, you know, a really good comedian. When I go up there, I want people entertained and laugh. Um, like if I go on the basketball court, I'm, I don't go out there and say, "Hey, I'm a Christian basketball player." Right. You know, I'm a I'm a comedian who happens to be a Christian. But if you saw my act, I don't think you would know it per se. And and when it comes to material, first of all, people will be you. Can, it's hard to toe the line of what people think of funny and what people don't mm. doesn't don't think it's funny. Besides my grammar, um, <laughs> so. I like I remember I got up there I was doing jokes about the highway and and I I go uh, so one of my bits was uh if I was a foster kid I'd be a little pissed off about this adopt a highway program you know <laughs> yeah. taking all the good the leads the Glengarry yeah. leads yeah you know and so I get off stage and uh and I go on I'm like yeah my my wife and I are like Oh, we love little Aiden, beautiful, happy-go-lucky kid, but we think God and the New York Highway Commission wants us to focus on touching on a rough patch of 590 North. <laughs> so I go on, there's yeah. a few more jokes in there, and, and I get off stage, and uh, the host comes back and goes, some lady really wants to talk to you about that joke. <laughs> and I go, oh, is this you own an orf- orphanage? You know, I was thinking, you know, what could it be? Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't know if I put it in. Um I put a, I don't know if I just said it now or not, because I haven't done stand-up in like a year because of this thing going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, and she goes, yeah, you used a reference in there. Um, you, you know, they're taking all the good leads, the, the Glengarry leads. And it was a reference to a movie. I don't know if you ever seen Glengarry, Glen Ross. If you don't like foul language, don't watch it to everybody out there. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a great movie. Uh, besides all the bad language. <laughs> so so she goes, I just wish you guys would say references everybody would get. I'm like, all right, noted. So that's it. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> it wasn't about the material. It wasn't about adoption. It wasn't about anything. But yeah. she was really upset about that. Yeah. You, uh, you just explained what it's like to preach a Sunday exactly. morning message. That's what I was thinking. Like, it's it's almost exactly the same. Like a... a Communicating is communicating in, in many ways. Stand-up comedians can teach a lot to to pastors, I think. Mm-hmm. Not in a not in a uh, you know, you gotta do exactly what we do kind of way. Like it's not a comedy show to be a pastor, but I think there's a lot of overlap in mm-hmm. there that like pastors can learn about like you no, know, sometimes you're gonna bomb. Sometimes people just aren't gonna like what you say, and you're just gonna have to adjust to that. And you're gonna have to become a better communicator sometimes, you know. And and uh, well, or and, whatever. And I was even thinking to the fact of like, yeah, uh, I, the one of the worst things you can do to raise my anxiety level is send me this open ended email like we need to talk, <laughs> like so like this like so I will literally play out every scenario in my. I was like who did I offend during this message? Mm -hmm. Like on a side comment, like, did I accidentally cuss during the, like (laughs) all this stuff is like, it's like, I'll, I like rarely, I rarely rewatch my messages just Mm -hmm. because it's kind of painful. Um, and, and so like when you get that email, I I just related to that, Mm -hmm. but I agree with John too, but that's Mm kind of where I was thinking on that. Do you like comedians in cars getting coffee? Yeah, I've watched that. I don't watch it all the time. What yeah. I'll do is like every six months I'll go back and like sure. I'll take a break and see what they're see what they're talking about. And yeah, what yeah. Going through. I and love it because because in that in that series, like Jerry Seinfeld gets to the, like the underneath behind the comedy, like the communication principles, and like he they're just talking with each other about how how does this work? How do you do that? How do you do this? 
It's fascinating. I love it. Well, it's one of the professions that I could sit down in my car, write a joke. I'm like, I'm going to try this out tonight. Go do an open mic or even do a comedy club and try it and see if it works. Right. A lot of people have to sit in, in a room for, you know, weeks or months or years writing a novel. Mm-hmm. And then they get it published. And then somebody gives you a crappy review on Amazon. Right. So I can find out like that if something has something to it. And speaking about Jerry Seinfeld, there's a great documentary called Comedian. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if you guys seen it, but he throws away all his old stuff. He just finished Seinfeld and uh, he starts writing new stuff. And then he goes out and tries it. Mm. And he's forgetting things. There's no, he forgets ends of bits and he's not doing well. And it's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And and he's just like, oh, that, what's the end of that bit? I, I knew it somewhere. And, and, and he goes on and on. And what I like about it is that he's filming it and, and he's showing how it's done. I saw him live a year after that, and everything was perfect. Yeah. And it was like, wow, he he just worked really hard and just pieced it together, and the final product was great. But if you looked at it like a couple of his sets, you're like, oh, he's, this is not going to come together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he does it. So it's a great – it really is a, a great documentary. Which – um. You know, you brought up Jerry Seinfeld. I was actually thinking if I was to compare you, like your style and your approach, I'd compare you to Jerry. Who do you think you, like what comedian most influenced you? Um, It's, it's funny because I remember when I was a little kid, one of my friends, he was like, I want to be a comedian. And uh, he was one of those kids who could do voices and this yeah. and that. He was like over the top and you automatically think, you know, you see like, George Carlin as a kid, and you're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not that. But I remember one time um, when I was in my early teens, I saw Dennis Miller, black and white. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, he's not he's not smashing fruit on stage. Yeah. You know, he's just telling stories and that punchline, and he has a certain energy about him, but it's not over the top. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I won't be as good as that, but I can – do that. That's mm-hmm. something that seems like it's possible. Yeah. Um, or if you, you say, like, Bob Newhart, another yeah. understated, especially if his old stuff, get his old records, they're really, yeah. really amazing. You're like, hey, I wish I had more stories like he did, but I was like, yeah, that's that seems possible. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to me one of the one of the things about being a comedian is really that art of telling stories that that I think gets lost in our culture a lot. And comedians are almost the storytellers of our culture. Do you feel like that in in your in your profession as you look at it? Do you feel like it's revolved or so much of it is about the story? Yeah, it, it is, and it, it's not for me because mm. a lot of my jokes, I always go like, I don't know, should I do the seven second joke or the five second joke? Ah. Uh, so you know, it's um, you know, I always have this one bit about you know. High school. And in high school, uh, I used to make out with the librarian until I found out the books were free anyways. And, uh, so, and then I do a whole bits on librarians, and, and a lot of it's just stupid stuff like that. So it's not right. an actual story. Right. But I'll, or I'll talk about my family, but it's cut up in five to seven seconds. Yeah. You know? But I wish I did have a good 20-minute story here or there to, to throw in there to get a whole yeah. complete 45 minutes. And when you do it in story form, it's easier to remember your jokes. Mm. So I do more by topic. Like, all right, I'll talk about libraries, and I'll have Mm -hmm. like six or seven jokes. Or I'll talk about getting old and have six or seven jokes. Uh I might throw in a story here and there um, and uh, and see where where it works. Yeah. And uh, so – and and, I know when it comes to, you know, being a pastor and and talking – you know, if it's something in story form, it's easier to remember. Um, and if you take it out of your personal life, it, it, it's it, it's very relatable too mm-hmm. to to the audience. And and so you want to relate to the audience, but as a comedian, you also have to kind of surprise them. Yeah, here or there. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a shift. You know, it's not like when you go to a concert, they don't want to hear your. Uh, you know, they don't want to hear all your old stuff. They want to hear the new stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, a few years ago, I, I forget the comic's name. She she was at the press corps uh, for Washington, D.C. This was right after Donald Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. And um, 
shall we say, um, just the comedy wasn't taken well, so to speak. Um, and I, I guess the reason I bring up that is I can see that comedy, there's a lot of truth telling. And, um, you know, it's interesting. We, we keep talking about pastors, but I think Charles Haddon Spurgeon would say, like, I I get people to laugh so I can put the pill of the Bible down their throat. At their, I probably butchered that, you know. but Something like that. But something like that. And <clears throat> I think of where we are in a society today, you know, I look at that press corps, you know, that dinner, and it kind of went bad. Um, <clears throat> but I also think, I'm curious to kind of hear your response of how much of comedian is, or comedy is truth-telling, and how much of it is, um, I really want to give you a diversion because life's really difficult. Well, if you put together a great set, it'll have both of that. But that it's hard to do. And it's hard to... Um, uh, I remember I was watching um, this one comedian that I opened up for. And uh, I won't tell his name because he was... But he, he's pretty famous. And so... He started out with really simple stuff, and then he got really into it, and then he kind of ended with some simple stuff. And and uh, and I asked him about it afterwards. He goes, "Yeah, if I started with that 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 first stuff that was in the middle, that was really bad. Nobody would listen to me uh, after the first ten minutes. So I'll throw it in there right in the middle, <laughs> uh, and then kind of you know make sure it's surrounded by a whole bunch of stuff. And it's the same philosophy when you're trying new things. You have your solid material." And then you're like, I'm going to try these another two minutes on this bit. Right. It's not quite there. And then you can end it with more solid material. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and trying to – it's tough because you were at that one show at Fringe. And uh, Fringe is a great, great – and it's a little room. And they used to have a lot of artwork on the walls, like pictures like, like these with their actual pictures. So I yeah. get up there, and there's a couple pictures there. And uh, one is Gandhi. And he looked really mean. <laughs> wow. Like it was, you know, the day before he ended his hunger strike. He yeah. looked just pissed. Yeah. And I made fun of it. And then there was another one and that looked like something else. I can't remember. Yeah. So I made fun of that. Show ends. And it went off great. You know, it, it, it wasn't like people were like that. It, people really laughed. And I got on with my regular show. Yeah. Go back. I come up. There's two shows in a row. So an hour later, I come back out and I look. Someone took those two pictures down. So it's like, you know, it's like just the two I made fun of. And there's like two empty things on the wall. Really? Yeah. I should have made fun of Al-Qaeda. Maybe they would have gotten rid of that. (laughs) The power of comedy. Yeah. So I was like, so you never know what's going to make people upset. Wow. Do you find people are too serious? I mean, there's there's. You always have to remember people are battling something you don't see, mm. and 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 that's why I, why I go in. I think people sometimes look for things to be upset. Not all people, but if you're at a comedy show and a hundred people are having laughs, 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 and then someone puts something they don't like on Facebook afterwards, and that's the sort of thing yeah. you're like, well, you could have told me. Um, was it the Glen Gary reference? I don't know. So <laughs> you could have you could have told me or, or something. That's the thing that kind of gets me sometimes. Or when other comedians saying, "Oh, he went too far." I I I, I still like the the freedom of speech, mm. and um, so I think some people are a little touchy. But I think we all have those touchy subjects that we don't like people talking about. Mm. And. A lot of times it's the skill of the comedian up there and how they approach it. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've been up there. I'm like, wow, that came off bad watching other ones. Yeah. And probably myself, too. It came out bad. It it just came off wrong. Yeah. And a lot of times the comedian doesn't know that until it happens when they're on or Mm -hmm. they come off and like, oh, I'm sorry. In my mind, it was different. Right. And especially when you're working out new stuff because you're going to. Like like Peter said, you're gonna toe the line, but sometimes it's hard to find out where that line is and what's good and what's not, and you don't want to see your punchlines coming a million miles away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want you you want a little bit of a surprise left hook in there. A yeah. Little bit. yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. 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 Well, here's here's uh, just a, a 
practical question. Has anybody in this uh, podcast ever cut you off on the on their car ride? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious about that. They, they uh, yeah. I'm just curious if so, that's ever happened to you. So, so folks, uh, Charlie lives in my neighborhood, and I, I live with the curse of a bright red Mazda 3. So, anyways... Charlie, go ahead. <laughs> oh, first of all, I don't think it's a curse because they can see that bright light coming. You know, you know, maybe you should just put a siren on your car. Where'd you get your license? A raffle? So, no. So he he was coming out of the Bay Town, and I'm like, this guy's just gonna cut through, not even looking, cut yeah. through a whole two lines of traffic, taking a left. Yeah. And I'm coming, and I'm like, oh, go ahead. I guess you're going to go. But he did wave, and he did smile. <laughs> and he looked like he was having a great time. Whatever, he, I was like, I don't know. He apparently has to be somewhere really quick Yeah, on a Tuesday at 2 in the afternoon. Maybe he has to get to the, the, the podcast. Yeah, probably. Probably was a podcast he had to be at. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I'm a human being. That's yeah. all I got. <laughs> Speaking about driving, one time I had a, a really crappy Dodge Colt car, and uh, and I remember it would stall out all the time. And I remember in five o'clock traffic going through an intersection, and I have the radio on, and it's like uh, ninety eight PXY. We're in the helicopter. We're looking on. The traffic looks clear on five ninety. Four ninety looks a little congested. Oh, there's a car stalling out in the middle of uh, the intersection at Indian Landing and Penfield Road. <laughs> And I, I forgot exactly where I was. It was probably two fifty four forty one, and uh, and I'm like, oh my god! And I can hear the play by play. No, no, he seems to get it going now. And I got it going another ten feet, and it died again. It was like, no, no, it died out again. You might want to check an alternate route to get home this day. And then I got it going. I was able to pull off, but uh, it was weird to hear yourself, your car being like yeah. your bad situation being publicized on yeah. the airways. Wow. You know, when you have co-hosts like John, you know, why oh, have any friends? Yeah, you know? that's right. You know, basically. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So one of the things that we're kind of curious about, Robin Williams said this. He said, I think the saddest people often try the hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel that way. What do you think about that comment? I think... Um you know, I, I think for Robin Williams, it was definitely true. You know, his life and, and what a brilliant guy, genius. And he could do so many things. And, uh, you know, especially he he did a lot of improvising and he did a lot of uh, – he worked with a lot of people on stage too. He wasn't just a stand-up. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, if you hang out with a room with a bunch of stand-ups, you're like, wow, these people are pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. But if, if you hang out with a bunch of people who do uh, – what do you call that? When improv. Improv. improv they're the nicest people in the world because they always have to use work with each other. Yeah. Um, but with that said, there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of miserable plumbers out there. Mm. I'm sure there's a lot of depressed people doing whatever job they're doing. Um, and and I think comedians go through everything else just like everybody else. Um, and I I think it's true, but I think it's true for any individual. Mm. I think everybody has their ups and downs and. And and sure, um, Chris Farley, Belushi, and they're just the spotlights on them. Yeah, and they have the gift of making people laugh. So when it their life ends tragically, they're like, "Oh, just another funny person going down." It, it must be something with comedy. But you know, I've met comedians who are are depressed, but I also met you know accountants who are depressed. Mm. So especially mine when they see my. <laughs> My 401k. <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think there's something intrinsic in the way that communication uh, that comedians have to see the world, though? In in that, in order to be a good comedian, you you almost need to see the the dark side as well as the good side, and to call some of that negativity out in a in a funny way actually helps alleviate that negativity for your crowd. So you almost have to be in touch with a certain part of that. Is that right or no? Yeah, I think so. Um, we uh, got rid of cable for a while. So we had the, you know, the network TV and you got yeah. channel 10, channel 13 and, yeah. and channel eight. And they have the offshoot yeah. channels that a lot of times they play like sitcoms from 70s, 80s and 90s, which I love. Mm -hmm. 
But the commercials in between are so depressing, man. Right. You know, they're homeless dogs, yes. you know, and I can go on and on. I won't on this yeah. trip. <laughs> and uh, and it's just like one thing after another. And I'm like, there's no way the second half of Saved by the Bell is going to get me out of this right. rut. Yeah. You know? That's <laughs> it. it. It's so, you, you bring light. I'm like, why are these commercials so, because, you know, as soon as they come on, you're looking for the remote, you're turning it off, and then I'll turn it back on once they're done. So there is something to point out things that are like, man, it is so bad. But Mm -hmm. you try to swing it around and say, but look at this, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I think it's, you know, with life itself, things are bad, but this is the silver lining. And a lot of times, you know, I think it was like Johnny Carson who says, uh, if you fall down on a banana and really hurt yourself, it's funny, but not to you, and definitely not at the time. But give it some space. Mm. Give it some space. Look back. You can a either learn from it or b laugh at it, and hopefully both. Mm. You know, I um when you mentioned Saved by the Bell, there's a um there's a video series on Facebook called Zach Morris's Trash, and it basically it goes through every single episode, and like. It's like Zach Morris is the greatest villain of like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> so like it's, you know, and and as you were talking, what I was thinking about it, um, I think this is my fifth time through the office and I'm trying to kind of figure out and you can I don't know if you like the office or not, but I, I think what makes it so funny is. We've all been in one of those episode situations and like I'll, I'll just give a, a real quick example, like stand up meeting in five minutes, like and the meetings about, you know, pick your favorite time, like, you know, party planning committee. Like you, you see that and you're like, I just got called into a worthless meeting. But the thing that like begins to change is like I look in the mirror now and I'm like, how many times have I called that worthless meeting? And like I think of comedy and the truth of like even right now and the difficulty that we're in, I kind of give the office credit for helping people laugh, but also say, like, if you watch that show and you look at Michael Scott and you're like, that's just funny guy. Like, like you're missing out on a little bit of it. What it's saying is like, this guy, like, don't be like Mike. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Don't be like that. Well, I think if you, and I think it comes back with identifying with the characters Knowing the characters, you don't even have to identify, but if you know something and uh, and when you guys are, are, are up there preaching, you know, you try to get that engagement. But when you know someone and you're looking out in the audience and like, oh, you know, he's getting this or they're getting this, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. And um, so you watched it six times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I wonder why you had to get home <laughs> so quick. <laughs> I gotta watch TV for office. another seven hours. If I don't get my eight hours of television in, well, I am miserable. <laughs> believe me. Well, wait, you don't John. Even want to talk to me if I don't get my eight in? John, John, how many times have you seen The Office? I don't know. I don't not eight, not six times in a row. But I, I would. My son recently went through it, so, so I, you went through I, it I went through it with him. Yeah, my, no, good. no offense. I love it. Was uh, good. I love the show Freaks and Geeks, and I've watched it. Oh, that's I. I so wish that show went longer. Yeah, uh, like, it was only a season. So, uh, but. Yeah, so it, it's a great show. So I understand. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, I've watched that movie a million times. Oh, so, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, why do you think people need to laugh during this season? Well, you know, you can't you can't watch the news all the time. You, you, you know, I, and a lot of times I'm like, what happened? I don't know a lot of things because I've, you know, like a lot of people, I'm like, I can't watch that, you know, and 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 I went on a Zoom meeting oh. to uplift people. Yeah. Oh, it was so depressing. Oh, it was it was. I I got out of eight minutes. I'm like, I can't take this, you know, and and, and I think it's one healthy thing is I've been doing a lot more walks in the woods, and you know, even Jesus was like, get away, mm-hmm. get away. I know there's a lot of important things, but but but. And I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. <laughs> so I just say, get away. You got to get away. And and I think during this time, you, you realize how important friends and family are and, and try to make the most of it the best you can, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully. I think you have to have a positive outlook 
Not all the time. You don't want to be that guy who's like, hey, blah, blah, blah happened. Yeah. Ah, cheer up. Not bad. You know, you want to be able to relate, empathize. And then you want to be able to, you know, commun- you know, just have a good time every once in a while. Huh. You know, I was thinking about one of the funniest moments in the pandemic for me, and it was Saturday Night Live did a whole bit of a church trying to do Zoom. And what made it hilarious was like, it was literally every Zoom meeting that I was a part of. Like, um, the guy from um, Good Burger, what's his name? Oh, Keenan? Yeah, I think it's Keenan. He was the one that was like the lead pastor of it. (laughs) And like the whole time he's like, Mrs. Johnson, put yourself on mute. Like he's doing like all, and I, I look at this pandemic and like, we've had a lot of serious episodes and I think we need to enter into it. But, you know, I also think that there are things, you know, to laugh about. There are things to just kind of, and, you know, I, I just think that sometimes we get so serious and maybe the reason why we watch the office seven times, if my therapist wife was here, like, she'd be like, what are you running from? But I don't know. I, I, I saw you jogging the other day. Did, I did. I, and you, what it must have been towards from, the Peter? end of the jog. Yeah. You're going towards Creek Street. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to make it back. <laughs> It looked it looked a little well, later. Well, what are you running from? <laughs> what are you running from right so now? So I I bought a Fitbit. Okay. Okay. I bought, and like it was you, right? It, Were you it, it probably was. Okay. Um, all right. Probably was. Um, well, anyways, like I would go to the gym, and I'm not going to the gym quite yet. We're kind of waiting on that. But I realized <laughs> that on the treadmill, like I would run for two miles and then stop and go work out. So what happened? What like. I just, I had a time. So I would run for like 20 minutes, which was like two miles. Mm -hmm. And when I started running, I didn't realize it, but like at two miles, I was like huffing wind and it's like really hot. Yeah. No, you look, you look like, exactly. I used to play, I used to play basketball with Peter. Charlie's really good at basketball, by the way. He's, he's crafty, kind of like his comedian skills, you know, crafty. So, So I know Peter can run a while and you know, he's in good shape, but I'm like, Wow, Peter looks like he's he's at the end of a back-to-back basketball <laughs> game right now, and his house is that way. And I couldn't pick him up because of COVID. I'm like, well, he's gonna have to work this out. Yeah. Well, we we figured, but anyways, now I can like run without walking. It took a couple weeks, but I can basically do the the loop, so to speak. But that's kind of why I've been thinking about that. So I don't need to give you more material. So. <laughs> and, in, in the words of my brother. I'm just glad you're not driving. Yeah, I think you can make it to Wegmans. <laughs> in the words of my brother, who we mentioned in a past podcast, um, he said, Peter, in life, there's targets and arrows. Just accept you're a target, you know? Oh. I love oh. when Peter oh. Pedro. Oh. When Peter writes oh. you an email, he signs it Peter like he's the disciple. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to do this? <laughs> Peter. St. Peter. But no, we... we we love Peter. Love we all laugh Peter. at each other. And, and oh, no, we no, laugh no, at no. Peter. I, and, uh, well, and I, I think there's a difference of laughing with and at. And, I mean, John, I'd be curious about you because I think we have some similarities in this. Like, there comes – there's an unhealthy point where you feel like people are laughing at you. But then there's – like, I feel like the older I get and the more secure I get in Jesus, the more you can just laugh with people and realize, you know, it's not a big deal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that part about it. I've always I've always uh wanted that to be true about me, I think in in a lot of ways. I want people to be to know that I'm secure enough in myself that that it's not going to offend me if you if you bring whatever and that I can that I can say stuff about myself in front of anybody and just go, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? And uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's the sign of kind of maturing is you're able to do that a little bit more. Yeah, and just be careful when you do do it. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I sent that email. It was a joke. But they don't get yeah. the uh, or the text or whatever it is. Um, I remember another thing about Peter. Um <laughs> We went to the, we just started the church or, and we went to one of Peter's uh, Bible studies and there's like five of us in the class and Peter's up there and it's like, if anybody has any questions, text me. I'm like, <laughs> can I just raise my hand? I'm right here. I was like right here. I'm like, 
I, I, I got to text you. He was, he was, he loved the, te- maybe he had a new phone. I don't know. The technology. Pe- Pedro's always been a fan of the technology. You know, I, you know, as a pastor, like being, di- like you're always trying to like push the envelope like a comedian, but you know, this gets me thinking of a story about John. You, you don't have stories about John because you don't know. So now we'll have to have you spend more yeah. time. Yeah. But I'll That's never. Mm-hmm. I, so John likes to give people nicknames. That's true. I do. Mm-hmm. And and it's I don't really know where this is going, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. So, you know, one of our former teammates, she's still, you know, kind of part of the Browncroft family, Rebecca Taylor. John and I would have to get on stage and like. I grew up like people are like, do you want to be Peter or do you want to be Pete or what do you want to be? And like, I really just don't care. Mm-hmm. In the words of Dwight, Dwight Trude, R is, you know, anyways, we won't go there. But, you know, so John calls me Pedro. He's the only person that calls me Pedro. Well, and, I've got some other people doing it now. <laughs> like who? Well, I, we won't, don't need to go into that for the sake of the podcast. But anyway. Oh, anyways. Yeah. So John like gets on stage at church and he goes, Hey, Pedro <laughs> and Rebecca, like, and Rebecca's very, like, when it comes to, like, stage and, like, detail, she's like, John, K- Peter's name is Peter, not Pedro. You're going to, oh, yeah. con- you're going to confuse that. the the church. Aunt, and I just thought it was the funniest thing. Yeah. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, there were two services that day. I think if I'm not mistaken, Rebecca gave me that that speech and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, forgot. Okay, I'll do, I'll change it up next time. And I think I went back out there again and I said, hey, Pedro. How about <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's a good thing they can't email if they have something wrong with you, Pedro. Yeah, that's right. like, <laughs> this thing is keeping bouncing back. Pedro <laughs> at browncroft.org. Yes. Text Pedro to 585-299-515. Or... <laughs> Pedro. Oh, Pedro cut me off yeah. again. <laughs> Pedro. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, because we're getting, I did get worse driver in high school. So you, you, you did? I got, I got worse driver and most spiritual. Oh. Like and so when they told me, I think they're related. Yeah, <laughs> when they told me about it, they're like, they're like, well, Peter, the good news is you got most spiritual. The bad news is you got worst driver. <laughs> I said, well, can I keep like most spiritual and not do the worst driver? They're like, no, no, you you need something to humble you. They're they're like they're like it's it's either both of them or none of them. Wow, we we didn't have a worst driver. Or, or more spiritual. spiritual. We didn't have either. <laughs> and you know what? The weird thing is you want it in our school, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Peter guy? Yeah, I don't know. He's the most spiritual, though. <laughs> that's for sure. He's working for AAA. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you get, like, most funny in your class? Or no, I, I think I got... I, I don't think I was the most funny, first of all. And and secondly, I my my humor... I'd say it was before its time, but I was more subtle. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was kind of, I, I wouldn't say, I always say I'm quiet, but it turns out I'm not that quiet. It's just that my family's really loud. Yeah. So when I'm around normal people, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say obnoxious, but I'm a little bit louder than I am with my family. I do a lot. So my my comedy at, was understated, so. No. We uh we had a pre conversation. We wanted to rework this p- podcast to four Italians, like, <laughs> you know. So my mom's main name's Pachano, by the way. I always right. have to say that because people are like, "Angler, that doesn't sound Italian." And it's like, well, it's not, you know. So, well, this is a this is a cool conversation. I love it. I think it's awesome for you to be here with us, Charlie. I mean, we always Peter, so Pedro and I always end our conversations together with a, this this question. So here it is. Now we'll let you think about it and give yourself a, the opportunity to to ponder these things. But but what would Jesus have to say about this topic? I love this topic that we're even considering what Jesus would have to say about this. I think it's a beautiful thing. But why do we need to laugh more now than than ever before? Um, so we'll get started, and then you get to clean up our mess. All so, right, go ahead. Yeah, go so ahead. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I started this podcast by saying Jesus is pro laughter, and you know, I heard a pastor one time said like it, the Bible never records Jesus laughing, therefore you shouldn't laugh. And I love when we based you know arguments about something based on so 
So we shouldn't, you know, do anything on the internet because Jesus didn't talk about the, like, I mean, that's just kind of the funny thing. But if you read Jesus's teaching, he uses humor all the time. You know, like we read, you know, we often quote the verses on anxiety. Like we've probably quoted that verse during this section 20 times during our first year of the podcast, but it's actually humorous. Like do the sparrows like worry about what they're going to eat? Like that was the punchline back then. Or do, you know, um, you know, do the animals need to go to the grocery store, you know, or do, um, do the lilies need to clothe themselves? Or, you know, we've talked about like having faith of a mustard seed. Like, I think if we lived in that time, we would find that we read it like almost like it's should be like put on a doily or something like knitted together, which is funny in and of itself because of Christian culture. But, but like Jesus is like making a humorous point even if it's not a comedic punchline because laughter is good for the soul. And one of the things I appreciate about having Charlie here today is I think sometimes we don't live in the messy gray. And what I love what Charlie's bringing is I I think sometimes Jesus would almost cross the line humorously to help people not only have some levity, but also speak the truth. And um, I just think that Jesus is pro laughter. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about that as you were talking about that that statement from you know you heard somebody say there was a guy in my in my college I went to college with we called him Razor Joe he was on our uh, floor and we called him Razor Joe because he used to use this really dull razor and and he would sit there at the sink in the bathroom and and he would shave his face and then the the blood would just be like pouring down off of his face and then he would blot it with toilet paper things so at the end he would have like all these splotches on his face mm-hmm. and we called him Razor Joe and 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 Razor Joe legitimately said that same thing he said Jesus never laughed so we shouldn't laugh either. And his, I mean, even his razor proved it. I mean, you looked at his face. that He was living it out, man. He was living it out. Um, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's the way Jesus intended us to live. I mean, if you look at the Bible, I mean, it says there is a time to mourn, yes, but there's also a time to laugh. And I, I think that, that we need to hold both of those in tension. Um, and certainly this this time, there's been plenty of opportunities to mourn, and we should in those seasons. And But at the same time, there's also a time to laugh. And I think uh, the sign of maturity is realizing that you can live in, with both. And uh, I think Jesus was able to do that, live with both uh, uh, a lightness of heart, but also a, a seriousness at the same time. And I think... Um, that's what he would encourage us to do, not to be overwhelmed by things to the point where we can't laugh mm. in the midst of even even difficult circumstances. So, yeah. Um, do you want me to answer this or text it to you, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. When I when I do a lot of open mics, um, I, I a lot of the times there's there are younger comedians there, and a lot of these younger comedians, frankly, are very socialist, communist, atheists. You know and and I know they pray to God that someone will pay them for comedy. But with that <laughs> said, that, uh, you know, I, I feel like our job is to spread the good news. And when you're spreading something good, you should be cheerful about it. Mm. Not that I'm even spreading something good. You know, whatever I'm spreading, I want to do it with joy. Right. And, and, and I, I want, you know, that is what life life you know you, you live life so you could be happy every once in a while i think and god loved eating with people mm. and, and, and nobody wants to eat with someone that's miserable so i'm sure they had a great time together yeah you know and 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 i'm sure jesus is pro laughter um you know uh, people ask me if i was a christian because on stage uh they're like it looks like you're a bane you shall not kill but every once in a while, <laughs> I want to do well. So I, I haven't used that one in a while. It's a little rusty. A little rusty up here. Yeah. The comedy clubs are closed. Yeah. They've been closed for for about a. But uh, no, I think it's uh, I think it's important to, to to sit down and and enjoy each other's company, and that's why God put us there to enjoy each other and enjoy Him and and the stuff He provides, you know, for us. Yeah. And uh, and you know, it's. 
laughter we can get. You know, I can laugh at Peter because I know him. I know his driving. I know his wife and uh, <laughs> meeting John. Running. And then yeah. everybody here is running. Yeah, is running. You know it. Yeah, you I know. Mean, I know he's. You know. I know if I can last three miles, yeah. he's not gonna catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you that much. If he's mad at me. Looks yeah. like Drago just got a hold of him, and you know, run for that hill. He yeah. won't go that far. So, um, so it's uh, yeah. So it's 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 fun to uh, it's fun to hang out, and uh, and I think you know, with with the church, you know, community, you know, you don't want to be around. I remember I went to a Bible study once. Wait, is, is this thing over? No, I, I think <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, Peter made no, checked out. I was I was texting you a question. <laughs> yeah. Looking at your Fitbit. So um so. Is this done? Is this done? Are we done now? I don't no. know. My friend invited me to this Bible study once, and, uh, and and you know the friend. I'm like, yeah, I'll hear this guy speak. I was when I was in college, and it was just Helen Brimstone, mm. and it was just him yelling at us. I'm like, I'm the one who came to this thing, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what is your insurance rates to get higher? What? Why is this guy so pissed off? Yeah. And I'm like, it taught me like. I never want to be that guy. Mm. You know, I want to be the guy who's like, hey, we have problems. We have problems. Everybody has problems. Let's work them out. Let's work them out and try to do the best we can, see each other as an individual, and just move forward. Well, folks, um, the only person that would tell more bad news about me would be my older brother but we won't go there it's thankful for charlie we're almost going there right now maybe another 15 minutes we could get charlie to get that out of you well <laughs> was we, your uh, older brother your track coach <laughs> we uh we're so glad you joined us in the why god why podcast use hashtag wgw podcast uh we are at there and um hey make sure you share this we hope this uh gave you a smile today and uh have a great day all right bye-bye bye-bye bye